With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Forget about tomorrow. Time for us to start winning is now. 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 Hey, they don't like us, we don't like them. Nothing wrong with that, right? At the end of the day, it's the same three things you've had to do in 35 that you got to do now in 2018. I do not see no holes on this squad. you got to run the ball. Barkley off the left side. Here he goes. Look at the speed. Oh, my goodness. Break the tackle. Got to take it to the house. 92 yards. Tying with the defender. Saquon Barkley. You gotta stop the run. Tyreek Hill lines up in the backfield. The ball pops free, and it's recovered by Harrison. A snack for David Harrison early. 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 And you gotta pressure the passer. Went tagged in, holds it down. Down he goes. And an early sack by Olivier Vernon. Vernon. Two kinds of players in this league, folks. There are guys that play professional football, and there are professional football players. And the professional football players are the guys we want. I don't want guys that want to win. I want guys that hate to lose. Hate to lose. Odell Beckham Jr. down the sideline for the touchdown. Touchdown! Giants fans, you are now listening to the hottest show on the planet, the Shakedown. Here to give you everything you need to know on your New York football giants are... Black Friday. Black Friday. Welcome to the New York Football Giants, Saquon Barkley, a.k.a. the Golden Child. <laughs> He's a chosen Do you know who Alec Ogletree is? Like, I'm asking you for real. Really? Not me. But do you know who he is? J-Rock, J-Rock, J-Rock. You saying we going 16 and 0, huh? 16 and 0, bro. How dare you say anything worse? <laughs> How dare you? Out your mind. You... You know, he just dragged him aside. Obi, the one and only, Shakes Montana. Now, if that man was a prospect like a Peyton Manning or a Joe Montana, like I've been saying the whole fucking time, you don't pass up on this talent. You don't do it. You don't do it. Now, here is your host, Shakes Montana. Thursdays, this is the Shakedown Sports Podcast. 
Yeah, holla if you hear me. Holla if you hear us. Come on and join us. Sit on the couch. Tune in. Call in. And support the fam. I'm your host, Last Real Poet. It is November 18th, 2021. And you are now rocking with the best. <laughs> Stolen catchphrase. Man, it's been a, a good week. For the sake, guys, it's been a good week. Keeping things moving. Keeping it funky for you. Hope you guys are enjoying the shows. Hope you're enjoying the conversation. Hope you're out there enjoying your individual teams. As you know, that we are trying to enjoy our New York football giant. That is what we represent if you are tuning in. We also represent others. And not join the box with T's represent the Packers. South South, the first and gold representing the Cowboys. You know, so we get into it. Get into it. About a lot of different things on this show. And um, definitely try to make it entertaining for you and knowledgeable at the same time. And we have a Thursday night game, as we often do nowadays. Been that way for years. Don't want to make it seem like we don't. But uh, the Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons, so we're going to discuss that. You know what I mean? Of course, we're going to talk about these New York football giants. You know what I'm saying? State of the Union. Always got to have a state of the union now. And um, got some things related for the people this evening, wherever you're traveling from, wherever you're going to. Hope you are traveling safe. Try not to let the idiots out go off on them. They want you to go off on them. Just uh, give them a round of applause and let them keep going. Because they know not what they do. Because if they did, they wouldn't do half the stuff they do. A lot of ups and downs. The world is going crazy nowadays, you know what I mean? Trying to stay sane, people. Trying to stay sane. You know what I mean? Try to build up my lane. Try not to go against the grain. Because if I do, I might go insane, you know? It's like I've been rapping nonstop, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how to stop. I can't turn it off trying to. I even made up a, a skit that I think I'm going to work on when you got to deal with a motherfucker that just can't stop rapping. Everything you talk to him, you just respond with a rap. I imagine that would be quite annoying. <laughs> Nonetheless, I bees that motherfucker right about now. <laughs> I sure enough did. Like, I'm trying to make it, you know? The hell. But for some reason, getting to these ooze, man, I think I'm Basquiat. You know what I mean? Picasso to Picasso. Just let the thing go. The same old song, that's what they show. See, you know? Infectious. You know, I almost went crazy and did some uh, 
Goody Mob back in the day, you know what I mean? I was just like, Lord, it's so hard. Living is life. Of thoughts and struggle. But anyway, I digress. He also got nacho in the box with cheese with it. I think that's the show. I'm off my rocker. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather go to a place and see somebody shake their thing things like the rocker. Now, that would really be something to do. But we're going to talk about this game of football. And greetings to you, sir. Greetings, greetings. I'm in. I, I can't wait to get talking about football. Again, another football. Some stuff going on off the field with a couple players, but I can't wait to talk about some X's and O's and get to talk about the game. Absolutely, there's a lot to talk about. Got Matt Jones on the field. Got Kyle Pitts on the field. Got Matt Judon on the field. J.C. Jackson. Going to talk about it. I can't wait to dive into all things football and NBA and whatever this rabbit hole of enjoyment takes us this evening. But um, bringing everybody in, grabbing a drink, you know, hopefully you're not driving. If you're at home, you know what I mean? Cheers. You know what I mean? Let's live the champagne life this evening. Champagne life and everything's okay. Living that champagne life. Let's toast it up. You know what I'm saying? Where the music at? Let me turn it on. Let me get my thing together. Rocking with the best, as I stated. This is the Shakedown Sports Podcast. Number to call in, 914-205-5796 on your FM dial. And if you ain't looking, that's W-Balls. Everybody's got to hear this shit on W-Balls, W-Balls, W-Balls. Shouldn't have never let me in the house by myself because it's going crazy today. Where you at, E? The chosen one from the Bronx is with us. I better stop acting up. What? No. Let me go ahead and dial it back. You know, I'm going to start jumping on tables here. But um, he'll speak whenever he's ready. He's the chosen one. You are live with the surf. So whenever you are ready, feel free. And um, peace, 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 peace to the God, okay. peace to the earth. Y'all know what time it is. What's good with you, brother? Happy Thriving Thursday. You have been promoted, put out there, shown to the world, all to see, and all eyes are on the man of the hour, LRP. We have no problems in he's the. See how I did that? I see. No doubt. Pretty cool, because I'm cool <laughs> like that. But um, 914-205-796 is the number to call in. Y'all tuned into the most dangerous show on the planet, The Shakedown, and that's what we're doing today. So what's up, brother? How you feeling? What's going on with you? Um, what's on your mind? We got some things that's going on, big time coming up. Tonight's game as well. What's up? What's the Shit, I was feeling, feeling pretty shitty before the show started, but I dropped those suitcases at the door. And now I'm just hungry for more. No Lloyd Banks. You know what I'm saying? But I'm trying to get some beans and franks because I missed that dinner. You know what I'm saying? He used to call it truck wagon back in the day. 
You know what I mean? Yo, truck wagon was it, bro. That was when you threw a, a collective of things together and went in. Already. You know what I'm saying? So, not in that bar like that. But, uh, as I stated, I left those suitcases at the door and I'm ready, you know, Nacho said he ready to talk some extra snow. Got a game tonight. We got our Monday night. We got, um, I need to know if Kyler Murray going to play though, bro. I mean, sidebar, I need to know. Because if he's not, I need to go ahead and put in my dogs, son, my dogs. So that's what I'm stressing about. But, you know, I figure it out. I'll make a decision before game time. But I ain't confident Kyler's going to play this week. I don't know. He said he was close. He didn't say he was playing. And he's been limited in practice. So I don't like these practices. Got me looking at my phone. Way more than I should be. Just wondering if Kyle is going to be on the field or not. So, other than that, looking forward to these college games. Yeah. Up, you know what I mean? Checking out these sons as we draw closer to the end of the season. And we're already talking about, you know, draft for us anyway. Um, some New York Giants news. Dollar Day got in front of the podium today. As I understand it, Gary got on the podium today, as I understand it. And the things that he said, ladies and gentlemen, oh, my Lord. Oh, no. Where's my thing at? You know what I'm saying? Straight like that. Oh, no. <laughs> I fucking used the word rebuilding in week nine. Who does that? Straight at your front door. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Come on out here, son. What you doing? What you talking about? Rebuilding. Gary, and the only cornerstone that you can name on your offensive line is Thomas, which is true. But, you know, that's a little concerning that he said that. So once everybody gets here, let's get their thoughts. And the people that are here, if you do have any thoughts, oh, it's yours. LRP. Yo, do you want me to play that presser, or you got it? I do not have it, no, sir. And I was not going to. I was going to save oh, that okay. next week for Black Breezy. If he so I mean, it'll be, I think absolutely. No, I, uh, nah, I, I don't care to hear it. I, I, you know, I know enough about it to be able to discuss it. But as far as hearing that, I'm good. But I do not deny the fans of anything that you would like to put up, sir? I mean, it's, we haven't heard from the clown in a while. So, entertainment, opinionatedness, and thought processes compared to what's going on. And plus, I didn't hear it, and I would like to see some of the questions that they asked him and see what his answers were because I definitely want to see what this clown got to say. Anybody is him. So I'll get into that, you know, a little bit later on into the show. Yeah, yeah, I have to probably upload it into the database so it can sound better. So, you know, better. In order to do that, that will have to happen, unless it sounds good just coming through someone's phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I play my presses, you guys hear those, like, really clear. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So yeah, but, you know um, when you when you holler, Rumpelstiltskin. 
I'll play the presser during <laughs> during that. You know what I mean? When, when I'm talking Pump about the nickel. detective. Yeah, pump that'll work. Pump and nickel. That'll work. Right. That'll be the that'll be the feeling <laughs> for pumping it. <laughs> sound sound like a plan <laughs> to me, and I'm I'm with it. So that's cool. All right. So yeah, that's definitely something to look forward to later on. Um, yeah, I can't. I, I, I can't. I can't just listen up real quick. Oh, sorry, I got to get this out. But honestly, before I forget it, you just no, said you something that I don't think. I don't think anybody else. Well, I don't say I don't think anybody else. There's not very many teams out there that in week 12, 11 to twelve, you could be talking draft and playoff at the same time. Like, like, like. Let's be like, like to think about that. Just, there's, there's teams that are thinking playoffs right now and don't worry about the draft until it's time. And there's teams thinking draft right now and they don't got to worry about the playoffs. But there are a few, and your teams included, that right now can realistically prepare for the draft and realistically, not at the same time, they got to pick one is what I'm saying, and or prepare for the playoffs. And I think that's an interesting situation for your team. And for the way things are going, and I think it's just it's just a, a a a real and you brought it up, and it's just a real thing that got my head scratching because when you brought up the fact again, and it ties it back to what you just said about the press conferences, if your coaches are talking as if it's rebuild and it's draft time, does that mean that they are preparing for the draft right now, or does that mean that they are just keeping it in the back of their mind and they're still pushing for the playoffs? It's just very interesting, and I and I and I gotta. I wish, man, I, I wish I could ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going to tell you right now. That's why I want to play Jason's tr- um, presser because I didn't hear it. So I want to see which order and how those questions were asked. Or I just, I need to hear it because audio is a different thing once you got it. So once I hear it or we hear it, I'll be able to assess it more. Right now, I can't give my assess- assessment, but that was an interesting point that you brought up, Nacho, that's what made me jump and just saying, oh, I got to hear this. As soon as LRP said that, because I need to know what's going on. But that's how I know yeah. when you check it. Because they asked him about how his offensive line was doing and how he, what would he grade him on. And he literally said, you know, it's uh, been a work in progress. You know, we've been build, rebuilding and re- retooling. As we go along, and I was just like, okay. So, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll find out that later, and then we'll reincorporate Nacho's great question back into the conversation, and everybody have a chance to think about it by that time. So, yeah, absolutely, because, man, dude, it's terrible. We were just talking about how you're going to be the team like Tampa Bay and have the ability to utilize your full strength. And Galladay's presser, he said that we're full strength. Shouldn't be no excuses. See, that's yeah. I gotta hear all this. I gotta hear. Thank you, LRP. Yeah. I gotta hear this. Oh, yeah. It changes the complexion of your brain when audio goes into your senses. I need to hear this. I will be right back, ladies and gentlemen. If necessary, I'm here listening, and if necessary, I'm here to chime in. But I got to stick my ears to the ground. But I'll be I, right. so, uh, I got to get it. Go right ahead. So, LRP, you were talking about Kyler and Mac Jones 
Mac Jones is so Mac Jones did what 19 for 23, 198, and three touchdowns last week against Cleveland uh, on a short week against a defense that is ranked 18th. So not a bad ranked defense. Now these are NFL.com numbers. These aren't DVOAs, and these aren't you know different like PFFs. So. NFL.com strictly goes on the numbers that they've given up the year. So this is just strictly off of how many passing yards and how many rushing yards, total points. Also, I'm sure they throw in the uh, um, uh, points per game that they've given up and also uh, their scoring defense, things of that nature. So, But they're 18th. Well, you know, Patriots are 15th. And we've been talking about the Patriots being a top-notch, you know, defense. And they're only 15th ranked. So as as Tonight goes, that's a tough one because, again, without the Kyler Murray, without knowing Kyler Murray, and probably you won't know Kyler Murray until an hour and a half before game time. So, I mean, you're, you're, uh, unless you want to hold out, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I would start Mac Jones tonight. This is Bill Belichick against rookie head coaches, which he's undefeated this year. But the overall record against rookie coaches is really good, so... Oh, I don't know, man. I'm just... Kyler scares me because even if he comes back, we've seen it this year with the very best and the mediocre. Coming back from a, a layoff of a week or two weeks, there's no... It, it's not a guarantee that the offense will be clicking. So even if Kyler does come back, I think it might be in your best interest to start Mac Jones because they might not be able to get everything going against... Uh, and. Um, make sure I got the right team because I think they're playing Arizona this or uh, Seattle. Seattle, yeah. yeah. In, I already did. Seattle in Seattle. You saw yeah, the match? I already did. Yeah, I already did. Yeah, yeah. That's a tough one, man. But look, look. You sold me. <laughs> so. <laughs> but but look, but look. Also, and even I'm going to tell you some more. Seattle's defense is going to is going to stack the box and make it. It's not going to stack the box and put a too high safety all the time, and they're going to try to make them run the football like they did against Green Bay. And Green Bay had a good time running the football, and Arizona's got a good run game. So I don't I don't even think even if Kyler or Colt McCoy starts the game, I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to attack that rush defense of, of the Seattle and not try to go against their secondary, even though you have the better weapons, because they're going to put more men back there to take out. So even if Kyler's back, I still think it's a heavy run game. And of course, they'll throw the football at what they do. But Seattle's just pretty good at that. Regardless if they're, you know, statistically not great, they're good at stopping people from getting, you know, top-notch receiving yards on them. Now, rushing the ball, on the other hand, I think anybody can do on them very well. No, I agree. You also you also got to deal with James Conner now that uh, Edmonds is yep, yep, yep. Uh, RIR still. And James Conner's been a piece behind that team, behind that line. So now you're right. Him coming back off of uh, injury, I can't expect a 54-point performance. You know what I mean? That'll be foolish mm-hmm. tonight. But Mac Jones now, very capable of getting 37 in, exactly, in this particular exactly. situation. That's all I need. 
and, and Atlanta doesn't have, and again, I statistically said they have a middle-of-the-road defense. I think they a little, little below middle-of-the-road defense statistically. They've been playing well over the last couple of weeks, take away last week against Dallas. So, is this team, again, you got to think of the mental, which I do a lot, which I don't know if it, it you know, whatever, whatever, but was this team preparing for Bill Belichick and the Patriots and, and really not even worrying about Dallas? I don't think that's the case, but mentally, sometimes, who knows? You get down, you get down, you know, three touchdowns early, maybe you check out and you start thinking the Thursday night, like, man, we're getting our ass whipped in the second quarter, we're down 28 points already, shit, we got, we got New England coming into town, they just put another 50-burger up today, like, you know, did they mentally check out last game and so it looked worse than what it really was? Who knows? You'll never know, you'll never get that answer, but... You know, we're all human. And and at the end of the day, uh, look, man, Atlanta's at home. I always take the home team. But Bill Belichick's good against rookie coaches. And, man, that team is solid. It's solid, man. They got good players all around. They're doing their job again. And they're, they're efficiently passing the ball, running the ball. 156 last week, running the ball. 198 with 300-plus total offense in a route, you know, last week, so I'm definitely going to pick New England tonight, that's on the record, uh, I'm going to pick New England tonight, and uh, I think they cover, but man, that's a, that Atlanta team is, is, it is what it is, man, they are who they are, and the numbers I think are playing a little better to their favor right now, which is cool, but it ain't going to be like that tonight. Bill Belichick going to do his thing. Already. And uh, just for a reminder for the people, the number to call in now, one four two zero five five seven nine six. This is the Shakedown Sports Podcast. And, um, man, what was I going to say? I'm also um, plugged into the chat for Jay Money and the people, particularly like the show up there. But, um, Make sure y'all log in to Blog Talk, man. Subscribe to the show. Whatever. But yeah, I went on and did that black, I mean, uh, Nacho, and went on and started the bull. And also picked up J.C. Jackson this week. Another league. So, Chase is right. You know, I've been actively trying in League One, you know what I mean? And to no avail. But it's been some curse type stuff, man. It's been some curse type stuff. I'm calling all the way out. Curse. I'm calling. So it's voodoo, baby. It's straight voodoo, bro. That whole trade got it's me. It's voodoo, baby. Got two running backs that are undroppable. And I couldn't do nothing. Forget y'all and forget him because I'm coming for him in to shake the championship league. And he ain't nothing he going to be doing about it. And as soon as he lose, he going to be like, damn. Oh, hell no. Yep, mm-hmm. that's what he going to be like. And then he going to be like, oh, no. See, that was the first time. And always the last time. <laughs> but... What else we got on the docket for this weekend games that we are looking forward to? 
Sunday is there was one and let me go ahead and pull this back up because I got out of it. Bear with me for a second. Let me do this real quick while I'm talking to the people. Ah, Actors Vikings, that's what it was. Actors Vikings, not your cheese. I know you're going to be giving this game some attention. The film that I've been watching of the Vikings and the way Jefferson is nagging the ball. My son. And shout out to Kirk Cousins for, you know, lining them up like that, man. It's been a joy to watch. But how you feel about this uh, matchup is coming up. Vikings pretty good team. Well, no. I, 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 uh, kind of. They are, they are, they are a pretty good team. Their record doesn't reflect it. They're a field goal miss away from beating an undefeated team that was the Cardinals until week seven. Um, they, they, they took the Ravens, I believe, and or it was the Ravens. They took somebody in the overtime, barely lost. Um, and it was a good team, and I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, Kirk Cousins out there continually throwing 300, 400 yards and, and a few touchdowns. Justin Jefferson is that dude. Um, their defense is always their defense, I guess. Them boys are going to do them things, but um, this Aaron Rodgers division, so 44-14. Easy win. Move on. Hi. Yeah, I, I, would, oh, I would like to take the hump. I would like to take the humble route on this, but uh, our defense is shutting down top echelon elite quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins ain't that. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers didn't have a great week last week. Coming back, he'll be doing his thing with the offense. He's healthy at all wide receiver positions. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Bakhtiari comes back. Even if he doesn't, A.J. Dillon's still rushing for a hundy. And we're just going to run on that team. Like, this is our division, so I ain't worried about shit. Like, this, I'm not worried about nobody in the division the rest of the year. So, y'all could. We can we can end this right now. The rest of the year, all division talk for me is over. For six and zero, we're going to keep it pushing. We got to worry about the Rams. We got to worry about the Ravens, and then we got to worry about I don't know maybe the Browns if they get their act right together later in the year. Other than that, I don't know, can't worry about nobody else in this division. Man, so they usually play some little tough. Yeah, they usually do. So that's why I probably should be a little humbled right now. But I mean. It's just too much, man. Aaron Rodgers, that dude, bro. Against the division. Against the division. It's a good matchup. I, I, I like the matchup, though. I like the matchup with uh, Cook versus your defense, and I like A.J. Dillon versus theirs. You know what I mean? Oh, your I, think gonna, I think I, the thing is, Cook's going to eat, and that's that's my problem with it, is that we're going to shut down Kirk. They're going to try to throw the football, and then Cook's going to eat, though, but that's Cook. Cook's going to be taking screens and, and, and dump off passes for 30, 40, 50 yards because that's what he does. <laughs> Number one, defenses can't stop it. So it's not as if I'm going to sit here and, 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 you know, I brag about my defense, but we do lack in the running back in the open department, running backs in the flats and, and running back in the screen game type of thing. Um, but overall, when he tries to get it to Justin Jefferson or tries to get it to anybody else, it's just not going to be there. That's why that's the only thing he will have. So hopefully we got some some good game tackling on Cook, but that's the only thing that really I might be worried about early in the game. 
as soon as Aaron though gets a few few touches on the football and we're, you know, three touchdown, 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 which I expect. I expect that offense to get back to clicking. So, I mean, that's the it's the division, man. Again, it's not like I'm saying this against every team every week. It's the division, just the division against Aaron Rodgers. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. No, you, you good? Shit. I mean, the Packers are the Packers in that division. So, I mean, the the things that you're saying is not. That's fine. I, mean, I think that's going to be a good game. I think that's going yeah, to be a good game. I think it's going to be a lot. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive than, you know, I know, see, Nacho has the right to do that. See, that's why he can, so we're not even going to, I'm not even going to touch that. But I'm just talking from an outside source like yourself, LRP, looking in. That game is going to be a hell of a lot more than a, than the way, of course, Nacho can bring it across because he has that right once again. But I'm looking at Thielen. I'm looking at Cook. I'm looking at Jefferson. I'm looking at Conklin. They're tight end, starting to gain traction. They got some weapons over there, and Kirk Cousins is not is. We all know what he is, but when he's in a rhythm, he's in a rhythm, and you got every tool that you need to get it on. You got every tool that you need, and Green Bay is playing at a high level right now so I cannot wait to see if that's just something that they're at for the moment like we are or if that's their identity moving forward you know what I mean I want to see that yeah that so. yeah <laughs> you, you uh the defense is the defense they've been doing that since week two um it's the offense that needs to get back to last year's form um we're going to continue to see that defense get better as it gets healthier Get to Darius Smith back to the end of the year. Just Jair Alexander, who's been missing for the Pat Mahomes and the Russell Wilson game. Um, so you get those guys back later in the year, and the defense should take a step above than what it is right now. I don't think the defense, which is you know something that I don't think a Packers fan has said in probably three to four to five years, the defense isn't the problem, and and we're not worried about it, especially with what happened in the Seattle game uh, with Russell Wilson having. What, eight minutes to go down and get a touchdown, three, four timeouts to stop us and get the ball back, and we've only put up 10 points. I think a lot of us as Packers fans feared, you know, the worst in that situation. But our defense goes out and gets turnovers and shuts them down, and I think it kind of alleviates a lot of the, the stress we might have had coming into a game like this that is divisional against Kirk Cousins, who does play well against us in some spots. And he has won against us. I'm not saying that he's there. I'm not saying that. They're, you know, every time we go out there, we defeat everybody in the division. But this is an Aaron Rodgers who's back and he's healthy. And this is a defense that, for the first time, we say, oh, if he's got to stay on the on the bench, like, we're not worried. So I think that's why, you know, you don't feel worried about going into a divisional game with Aaron Rodgers without a defense. Now he's got one, and you look at this other team and you go, they're good but our defense can shut them down, and there's no worry about them doing that, especially if it does not go my way and it is a close one at the end of the game, no worries. That's, I think, the difference and why there's a little bit more of a non-humbleness going into this divisional game, unlike you would have seen last year with an offense that was rolling and putting up 40 a game. I was hesitant going into last year. This year the offense isn't rolling, but the defense is. And I think that, that, I think that is – a, a testament to how important having a defense is in my eyes. 
right. I'll I'll add, I'll say this to that, right? You said struggling offense. The Minnesota Vikings have not been blown out any of the games that they played this season. I think they average maybe like five points a game in losses or like something like that. So those are tough. That means that they play close games. They win by less than a touchdown or two field goals, something or lose by two field goals, something of that nature. But you talked about your offense. So I look at it like this. If the Green Bay Packers fail to get over 300 yards of offense versus this Minnesota team, this game is going to be a lot closer than you would like, but Minnesota would love. That's how I'm going to put it, to, like, convince it. Because for some reason I noticed when the Green Bay Packers hit that 300-yard mark, no matter it's ground, pound, or through the air because the ground game is not working, they're damn near unbeatable. Now, I, you could chime in on that if you want because – Obviously, I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy. I choose them, but people snatched them from me this year in fantasy, which is fine. I get it. You know, follow suit. But um, I believe that to be the to be the theme of this game. Three hundred over three hundred yards. You guys are definitely going to get the victory. Under three hundred yards by the fourth quarter, this game is going to be super close because they also have a high powered offense. Yeah, I, yeah, I, um, I, I see, I see exactly what you're saying. Is just, I'm not worried about it with the defense. I, I just, uh, I, Kansas City couldn't put more than 14 on us next week. They scored 40. Seattle couldn't put a single point up against us. And, and you know, and then two weeks before that, you know, it just, it just quarterback after quarterback. No matter how how high their offense is, just this defense is shutting them down. So. Uh, I just don't, I just don't see any offense, especially coming into Lambeau and running a muck. So, 300 yards or less for our offense, I think, with our defense would love because that means they got to show out. You know, probably have to shut out the Minnesota Vikings, which is possible. So, that's it. again, that that's where last year it really doesn't like last year we had to do the 300 yards, 40 points because. The defense, as good as it was, it was an opportunistic defense that wasn't really doing much. And this is just a different, this is a different defense. It's, it, it's gang tackling, it's sure tackling, not missing tackles, and then being in the right position at the right time against certain de- offensive teams and such. So it's just a, it's just well, way different. And, and, and real quick, last week they barely put up 13 points or, or, or whatever, like 17 points. But they got like almost 400 yards in offense. So I, don't, I when I say uh, a offense not getting it, their yards are going to be there. Between the 20s, we're going to do that all day. It's in the red zone that we're unable to finish, and then of course we're missing field goals. So I think if the yards are going to be there regardless for us, it's just whether or not we can finish or not. And that's what I was getting at. Not necessarily us moving the football, which I think we'll be able to do easily if we have to. Yeah. I'm going to be keeping an eye on this. That's a game that definitely we'll all be paying attention to. Of course, we got the last game of the sports week, which is going to give us a lot of time to watch TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, I didn't want to spend, I didn't mean if I to spend too much time on that one, but great analysis from both of you gents. 
But uh, the next game that intrigues me before we introduce Chase Montana and um, we'll bring him into the fold of what he's heard. But uh, Colts and Bills, I think, is the next one this weekend that, you know, sparked some compelling uh, interest as far as competition. The other one before that is kind of Ravens Bears. That's why I didn't bring that up. But um, Colts Bills, and I think the next one after that is Steelers Chargers. And um, I think that's pretty much like oh, Cowboys Chiefs also too. We'll get to those. But Colts Bills first. Anything that sparks the brain for you, gentlemen, and Six Montana? What you do, bro? Peace, God. Peace, God. Peace, Ken. What's going on? You, um, yeah, we don't you just want to, like, answer the question, give you intro. You know, we ain't going to interrupt. We're learning. Wow. We're learning. What's the, <laughs> what's the um, question? No intro? No, not really. <laughs> I'm here. I'm a man. I'm clocking in, B. What's good? Um, Nacho, you know, of course, gave us the great thought process of the game that LRP brought up between the Vikings and the Packers. And he was like, listen, our defense is going to hold them. You know, I'm just giving you a quick overview. He was like, our defense is going to hold them, division game, got to get our offense on track, but he sees no problems in Lambeau. I said, for you, you can say that because, you know, Aaron Rodgers winning, being winning divisional titles, multiple, damn near, I think a decade's worth of his life, he can talk like that. But for us, on the outside, I think the game is going to be way more competitive because of seeing what the Vikings have on offense, what they do do on defense when they are playing good, but also the Packers defense. So the interest in that game on your end, how do you feel about that game? Packers-Vikings. I think the Vikings going to take this one. I'm going to choose them too, bro. It's not even, um, like, I think the the Vikings are better than the Packers. You know what I mean? Some people are just that one-track minded and would think that. But it's like, I hope not. Oh, not not on this show. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it's just um, division matchup. Yeah, I'm saying. Sometimes, a lot of times, especially like if you're a front runner in a division, and you play these division games, these the. These teams that you play in your division are, are playing up to your competition. They're playing up to your level. You know what I mean? Because they want to beat you. They play you twice a year. They don't want to be swept. So they're going to sit there and they're going to go all out to get at least one. You know what I mean? Or at least one. So you're going to get the best of the Vikings. And I think the Vikings are going to take that. All right. Can I add to what you're saying? Also, Look at it at the time of the year, right, that this division game happens to hit. And 
even though the Packers are eight and two, the Vikings are four and five. This is a if we can win this game, we are straight in the mix in the hunt for a wild card spot. Depending on what's going on, this is a confidence booster moving forward. They're in a similar position with a better record than we are. You know what I mean? And I'll get to that, of course, tomorrow on my show. We'll talk about us more in depth. But today we're just exploring games that we want to see before we get to us. I believe the Vikings offense is um, weapons all across the board. Top five running back, two top ten wide receivers in the NFL, and your tight end is playing at a level where he's a red zone threat that is taking over for Eric Smith and Conklin. And we all know what Kirk Cousins is. Some games he put together, some games he doesn't. So we'll see against this Packers defense. But I think the Vikings is going to take it too. I'm choosing the Vikings on Sunday. Subject to change. Yeah, uh, we yeah we can change the subject. That's no worries. Uh, and takes his right. You know it is it is a divisional game, and you know you don't want to lose and get swept by him. Uh, but uh, fifty four and nineteen is what's that? Thirty five games over five hundred. Yeah, that's uh, Rogers' record against the division. So they get swept a lot. So. Todd, you can't help it. Well, if you can fight and try to and try to help it, man, that's the only thing you can do, right? But go ahead, Nacho, you got it. No, yeah, it, 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 again, they, they're gonna try. I'm not saying they're not gonna try and they, they should give up, but it's not right. They're gonna try, and this team, you know, talking all that mess. This is the only team in the division that beat us last year, so it is what it is, man. Cook is that dude. You're going to tell me that Cook's going to take over the game and, and you think Cook is going to rush for a grip and, and, and beat us? I believe that more than Kirk Cousins beating us. But uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be, you know, any of that. My bad. You caught me in the, in the, in the inhale with that one. My bad. Woo. Yeah, you right. Yeah, I, we we yeah. we are all on the same page with that. <laughs> I can dig it. I just think that his receivers play above his skill set, so they help him out so much. They help him out so much. When you have a Jefferson and a Feeling and a Conklin now that's coming along, and this kid, this Osborne kid too. He's starting to play a little bit, so he just has wide receivers that help him out. Because them passes don't be on target. If you look at the twists and turns that Jefferson be making to catch these passes and feeling to get under them sometimes, they don't be great throwing passes, but he has the guys that make them look good. So that's so all we can watch. Speaking of that, going to the game, LRP wanted us to move on to 20 minutes ago. Uh, when you say Carson Wentz has a little bit of that in him, um, I think it's it's awfully funny. Carson Wentz does a left-handed pass uh, at about two o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, three o'clock in the afternoon my time. Uh, announcers kill him, analysts kill him, Twitter kills him. 
three hours later, Patrick Mahomes does a left-handed pass, and he's the greatest quarterback that's ever lived. So, again, winning begets winning. Losing begets negativity. That's what you get when you're Carson Wentz. But I think this game is going to be of the utmost Josh Allen and that defense. So, um, exactly. I, I really think I really think Indianapolis being on the road hurts them. Um, if this was in Indianapolis, I would give them way more of a shot. Um, even though Carson Wentz in that offense and Jonathan Taylor, like I said, oh, my God, fantasy owners, don't sit him because he is still going to get his numbers. Um, but this defense is going to stop them from being able to pass the football. Uh, and then Josh Allen and them boys want to really, really make up for uh, that debacle two weeks ago in Jacksonville. I still think it hits them. A loss like that lingers with you. It pisses you off. You're going to hear about it. You turn on the news or you turn on sports news, and every time they talk about you, they're going to bring that loss up. So um, if you have any kind of ears or any kind of friends, they're going to tell you everything about that loss. So I think offensively, this team is, is, is looking at that Jacksonville tape and is never going to do anything like that again. And, 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 of course, the defense only gave up nine points, so they did exactly what they were supposed to do defensively. So that defense has been doing their thing week in and week out, which I expect it to continue to do. Um, but that offense, I think, is on a chip on shoulder, I'm going to prove this whole fucking place wrong or burn it down type of mentality. And that's scary when you have a Diggs out there who is no talk, all catch, and you have all them other guys out there that, that continue to do their thing, uh, catching the football or even running the football uh, with no names out there. They're still impressive with still been able to run the football. But um, to me, I'm taking uh, the, the, the Bills probably. Uh, we'll get to that on Sunday, but that, that game is an interesting one of hand for sure uh, because I could be completely wrong and Indianapolis can run over it. Comment on that, Jake? No, I'm here, bro. I'm just, you know, I'll be trying to wait for somebody else to comment because I don't want to interrupt them because I don't want to be interrupted. We're learning. We're learning. We're learning. 914-205-5796 is the number to call in. This is Thriving Thursdays, hosted by LRP. We have no problems in Houston. Join the conversation. We're discussing games that we want to see outside of our own teams or some of them. Some of us, it is our team our children that actually are on the teams and our closet team if that makes sense to anybody it's just you know the way we talk here so we'll all make sense of it the way it needs to make sense but yo listen I believe my son is going to come out full aerial assault I believe this is one of them games where he takes at least a step forward in the MVP race and I think this is something that he's been waiting for he's going to be home it's going to be rocking the whole world is behind him in Buffalo. He's the guy there. And this is and, and they're coming off a huge win, you know, even though it may be against uh, the, you know, degenerate opponent in the Jets, if we want to say that. I try not to use that word a lot, but it is what it is. You know, they're a degenerate team at this point, trying to still figure it out, just like we are. I mean, damn near identical records in the last five years. So it's not like I can disrespect them. That's why I added the Giants to it. But I think this game against the Colts is one that, you know, he turns it up because he sees what's ahead of him. If the coaches that I think that are there in Buffalo, which they're strong-minded, this is a game where you say, listen, we start to put our foot, we start to put our foot down, we start to put this thing in motion, 
Let's come out of this thing hopefully uninjured and show the world that we are for real. This is a for real game for the Bills. So I look forward to that. And also it's a game for the Colts to establish trying to make a playoff push or run, you know, in their situation as well. So a lot of meaningful games at this point in the season are about to be played, but I believe that uh, this one, 36-24 Bills. 24 points on the Bills defense? Yeah, listen, it's always called garbage time, man. I I be mad at these games these days. I be thinking it's over. Motherfucker score, score 16 points in the fourth quarter of garbage time, giving dudes fantasy wins. So, yes, 24. <laughs> you be killing me, man. Like, I'm thinking it's over. You take a dude out, you put in Matt Barkley, and then they and the other team get the ball back four times. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, I don't think even, even on the Bills defense. Uh, whatever time, whatever time you're talking about, the, the Bills defense don't got that. They are a double shutout this year. A couple times under 12 point defense that doesn't have a garbage time. They have a couple games where they played a high powered offense in that, and you know they got a few on them. But this is not a defense that I expect. And the Colts to put up 24 points on, even if they're trying. And this defense is that good, and it's it's, it's pretty awesome to watch them run. We shall see, and ladies and gentlemen. Pump a nickel, pump a nickel. I was going to say, so when earlier, Shakes, I asked a question about an uh, interview that Garrett had, I believe, where at this time of the year, you're one of the few teams that has uh, the, I'll say the opportunity, uh, but you have, you can be focusing on the draft or you can be focusing on a playoff run. Um, and I think a lot has to do with how your coaches answer questions in this time of the way uh, of the day. Um, but I don't know if he has that yet. Um, but how, if you do, E, can we hear that? Or do you want to still? Do you want me to ask that question to, to shake your switch? I'm actually looking for that right now. Pumpernickel, Pumpernickel, Blue 52. Okay. Blue 52. Blue 52, 52. So, so let me ask you, Shakes, do you believe that you can get any kind of uh, answers when you hear an interview at this time of the season, whether or not a team like yours, which is there a few of, that could possibly be thinking draft at this time and or possibly thinking we can make a playoff run? Do you think coaches could, with their answers, give off which way they're leaning towards? No. Not as a professional. As a professional, you have to be a leader. And you can't sit there and lead somebody to their own demise. That's not a, you know what I mean? Because you do that, and that's your demise and shit, you know what I mean? You're probably leading the motherfuckers to um, you getting fired as a head coach, as a leader, you know, that somebody is calling and, 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 and pulling shots and pulling their weight on it. Um, as a professional, you have to uh, take the leadership and show, like, look, man, I'm still fighting. I'm going to fight to the end. 
and who's going to fight with me. And that's where you see, like, um, <clears throat> even if you're a team that's not looking to go nowhere, you still see the players that you want to have going forward into what you're trying to do. So you're still evaluating and scouting. So, no, you can't just sit there and be like, all right, no, no, don't play your best. No, we got to lose this game. No, I don't see that. So, no, my answer is hell to the no. Yeah, I don't think anyone in their right mind ever thinks that a head coach in the NFL tells their, their players to lose a game or to not play hard. I think the premise of the question is to whether or not as a coach, again, you you know that you're maybe but you can't, I'm, not going to make I'm the playoffs. So, but but, but even, even in the media, because that tells players everything. So even if you don't tell the player outright, don't don't play so hard or whatever the case may be. If you're in the media saying, man, you know, this season is pretty much over, what do you think your players are going to play like and what do you think your players are going to feel like? Same shit. So answer all around, no, bro. You can't do it at all. Okay. okay. So, yeah, uh, uh, again, uh, if you – if you're if you're a head coach or whatever or even an offensive coordinator and 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 you're still talking about um, you know you're trying to get the right tools in the place or or or, or things of that nature, uh, bringing in the right people at this stage in the year, uh, you might be thinking about next year already. Is my point, but uh, I don't know. We'll have to see as soon as E brings up that thing uh, again. I think there can be certain answers uh, where you can tell that they're maybe already processing what's going to happen and they're worried about, say, the draft already. They're worried about getting things right in the off season. And I think that, that right now they could they could give off some answers that can kind of give you that answer. Now, do I think uh, – and, of course, right. there's no reporter they that's going to ask any – there's going to be there's going to be no reporter that's going to ask any head coach, hey, do you want your team to play hard for this game for the playoffs? Uh, no, no reporter is going to ask that because the obvious answer is going to be a yes. Um, so the question I think uh, you would you would ask is, you know, how, how do you feel about this team's roster? How do you feel about the things like moving forward? And if you get answers that pertain to things that maybe you can't solve or handle until the off season, like free agency, like the draft, I think you might be seeing guys or, or head coaches worrying about maybe the next season already and getting the team right. Um, but if there are answers to questions like that or, or things of that nature is we got the guys here and, and you know, things, you know, we just got to get the, the right, the, you know, the right things on the, on the field. I think they're looking and answering that question more towards we got a chance to move forward and win now. And I thought that's what I was getting at. Not necessarily outright asking the, the head coach if they're going to, you know, tell the team to play hard or not. And I get that. Um, but, um, like, even with that, like, you will never say it, but there's certain things, like, you would do in certain situations that would sway it. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to manipulate it the way you want to. Um, you're just not going to um, outright say it. But here's the thing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. With that, like, there is a point where, you know, eyes don't lie. You know, your eyes don't lie. And if a team is showing you, like, yo, we can't get right and we can't really win too many fucking games here, you know what I'm saying, then 
you know, <laughs> it's only so much we can do. You know what I mean? So, so uh, I'll come just really quick, gentlemen, I just want to say that I can, for some reason, that presser is not up on YouTube. I'm not working off of two uh, devices at this point because I'm not. So if anybody can pull the Jason Garrett presser up, I would love to hear that. Shakes, I don't know if you heard it. I haven't heard it. And they said Galladay had one too. It may be on the website. But like I said, I'm not on two different I, devices. I'm, it's not on YouTube. I'm outside. I'm outside enjoying Mother Nature real fast. In a minute, I will head inside onto the computer and I will look that up. But since since we're on this topic, before I go inside, I think I can bring broach another topic that I think both of you can express and, and maybe uh, move forward with. And that is, you brought up a point of they're not going to say it, but can they show it in their style of play? Or maybe who is playing that maybe they're looking forward to next year? Or do you think maybe when teams get to the later end of the season, they're not winning, they may be trying something new to try to win games, but it's not working, and that gets construed or maybe misguided as this team is tanking for a better position, but they're really just trying something new because what's been working or what they've been using hasn't worked. Is that a possibility? Or is it really, look, if we're taking out these players, even though they're stars and kind of in the middle of games, mixing them up and trying to liven up the game book a little, the playbook a little, does, does that mean that the coach is trying to lose games or maybe they're just trying to liven it up? Now, obviously, if you're sitting every single starter, you know, weeks 11, 12, 13, that, that's different. But I'm talking about in games maybe playing different players, uh, you know, starting different guys, bringing in guys later, different game plan. Does that necessarily mean that a coach is tanking, quote-unquote, because they're not utilizing their best players at the best spot? that they've been doing that or trying to do that and it's not working. Is that a case of, you know, maybe the media turning that around and tanking really doesn't exist? So to and answer your to question, Nacho, in the shortest version, if you had to ask those beautiful, wonderful, loaded questions, that just goes to show you how much of an idiot you're asking questions about because that's all you can tell. If you have to ask those questions, my brother, think about it like that. And they are great questions, loaded, great questions. But that gives you all of those questions when you have to ask that about that coach. Think about it. You ask all of those questions because those are the things that come to mind when you hear those type of conversations. That's why I need to hear this question so bad because I need to see the format and how those questions were asked. But that was a great Great, great questions right there, brother. Shakes, you with us, baby? Accidentally might be muting ourselves. 914-205-5796 is the number to call in. We are here for Thriving Thursdays. LRP is your host. He stepped away for a minute, so we are holding down anything. Anybody got anything they want to say? I'm going to try to see what's going on in the world, uh, making sure my fellas are still with me. I know Nacho just mentioned he's outside enjoying Mother Nature. Shakes, are you with me? Mac Jones. Uh, I am here. Are we going okay. to get into Zach Stacy today, or are we going to leave that alone? Say that again. 
Oh, we're definitely going to get into that tomorrow. We're def- I'm definitely getting into that tomorrow. That's going to that's going to be one of those East style topics that we talk about just uh, and player information. But it was horrible. The visual, the audio, the everything. Ray Rice Part Two. Yo, don't it, yo. even put Ray. That no, Ray Rice is that's, different. That's not even that. No, 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 no. I'm not even gonna do that. We we ain't gonna do that. That Ray Rice made should, one yo. mistake and paid his price. He went to rehab and he's a changed man. That is a different thing than what we witnessed. We witnessed an habitual woman beater that's not gonna change until he kills someone. That is way different. I'm sorry, I gotta say that. Hold hold on. But now this is Zach Stacy. That's not his first thing. Now I don't know his history, so please break that down for me so you can understand where I came from with my narrative. I don't know this man. I don't really follow this man. I don't really know anything except no, for what I nobody knows seen. this man really. I didn't. I didn't know this man either until today. And then of course you go up and you look it up. And yes, he has been uh, multiple domestic disturbances. Oh, and, and okay. Cases. There it is. Then. And then of course. And then, of course, again, I don't like to use the Twitter world and this or that, but multiple people on the Twitter that are, you know, blue checkmark PhDs and behavioral experts uh, that, that, you know, broke down that video on multiple news outlets from now already, um, they're saying that, that, that her behavior is if this is not the first time. So the, uh, this, is, this is bad, man. This is, this is horrendous. And, it, it just, we'll talk about more of it tomorrow because there's a lot more I'm going to research. So, but I did I did want to get into Antonio Brown if you got the time. You were away from me. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. Um, now that I know that he's a habitual line step, this thing is a lot different. Um, it's terrible. It's terrible. And my thing is, I think that he. I'm going to only speak on it for a, a small amount of time because I'm going to talk about the visual. I'm not going to talk about everything overall, but the visual mm-hmm. is there's two cameras in his home, right? One yep. coming from the foyer area towards wherever they were sitting and one coming from the back area where it seemed like a mattress was at or whatever the case may be. It looked like a living room area. I'm not going to get too much into mm-hmm. it. People can see the video if they haven't saw it for themselves. But you're on camera with audio included. My question is, you snapped in that moment, and did you actually forget, or you just did not care at all? Because that the does visual, have a bearing on things. That's crazy. The visual, it looks like, okay, to me, y'all, everybody can look at it. The visual looks like he looked at both cameras. I don't know if maybe you've watched it more than once. I've watched it more than once because not only because I, I had to see both parties and how they handled the situation, and and then I wanted to see if any child was in that seat. There is no child in that seat, thankfully, you could see um, that. But Yeah, yeah, little, does, man is he, on, little man is on the couch. So that, that, to me, he looks like he looks directly like he knows they're there. He does take a step like he's going to go out, and then he comes back and attacks again. I don't know if, again, 
it looks like he knows the cameras are there, and the one by the door doesn't look like it's in an ominous, uh, ominous spot or a spot that is like hiding. It looks like the, it almost looks like you can see it in the other angle as well. If you're trying, right? To look it's for like it. the it's like the cameras are lined up directly for yeah. those angles for that room. Yeah. So it's no hiding. Yeah. And think about it when yeah. you have a camera with audio included. Yes. Which is yeah. a little bit different. Most times it's just video, and all you have to do mm-hmm. is hopefully you don't hear what's going on, meaning there's the painful screams that every man probably cringed at when he was watching. You actually get to mm-hmm. hear it. And the antagonization mm-hmm. when she's on the floor, because he's hit that point in his mentally ill mind that he's not going to come back from, and that peak where he's just like, listen, I'm all out just in attack mode. No matter how how small she is, no matter my kid being there, I'm in a mentally ill zone right now where my mental health has shown up and nothing is going to stop it. And it, it is atrocious. And we here on The Shakedown do not condone domestic violence whatsoever. If you feel you have a problem, please contact your local police stations or a hotline to get help. The only way to keep being abused is to not get away from your abuser. Can can we switch to Antonio Brown now? Yes, we can, and I'm all the way with what he did. Let's talk about it. So <laughs> he's down. But, he is down. Let's talk about that. So so Buck receiver Antonio Brown on tape the fake COVID-19 vaccination card so he can avoid NFL protocols according to his, according to his uh, former live-in chef. Brown's oh, girlfriend really? models uh, Brown's girlfriend models Sydney Moreau or Moray or how do you say it yes, told Los chef Stephen Ruiz uh, in a text message July 2nd that Brown was willing to pay $500 if he could get a Johnson & Johnson vaccination card. Quote, did you get the vaccination cards? Can you get the COVID cards? Question mark, end quote. Um, Monroe texted Ruiz on July 2nd, according to a screen grab he provided to the Tampa Bay Times. I can try, Ruiz responded. J&J shot. AB said he would give you 500 Monroe texted. The text exchange between Monroe and Ruiz does not refer to Brown by name. The wide receiver is often called AB by friends, coaches, and teammates, media, and everyone in the world. Brown wanted the Johnson & Johnson vaccine card, Ruiz alleged, because it's the only way it's the only one that consists of a single shot and would require less paperwork. Da, 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 da. There is a visual. They have the visual of the actual um, text message. The text message chain goes, where's lunch? LOL. On my way back. Are you coming tomorrow? Uh, her. Uh, so, so. Okay. So her. Are you coming tomorrow? Him. Yes, I am. Do you know what schedule is like tomorrow? Her, A.B. going to gym at 8. Come earlier, please. What time should I do breakfast? Be ready for 7. Okay, sounds good. Can you get the Vax card? Her, I can try. J&J, 500. That's July 2nd. And then they don't talk again until July 3rd. Um, let's see here. Where we said he was unable to back in July to find a fake vaccination card for Brown, who had those around him that he was worried about the vaccine's potential negative effects on uh, his body. 
A few weeks later, however, Ruiz said Brown showed him fake vaccination cards, which the wide receiver told Ruiz he had purchased for himself and Monroe. They were sitting on Brown's dining room table, Ruiz said. It was just days before the start of Buck's training camp. Let's dive so, all the way into that, Nacho. I want to dive all the way uh, into that. First, I want to hear your thought process. I'm going to ask you an array of questions, right, brother? I'm going to put you on the seat. That was an exclusive okay. interview from Nacho in the Box. Machis concerning Antonio Brown's fake vaccination cards through his girlfriend Sydney Moreau's conversation with a text message of the cook in-house chef Ruiz, Ruiz, excuse me, and um, we're going to talk on it. So let me ask you a couple of questions, brother, before we dive into this. Nine one four two zero five five seven nine six is the number to call in. You are now tuned to the most dangerous show on the planet, the Shakedown Sports Podcast. And this is Thriving Thursdays with your host, LRP. Yo, how do you feel about fake vaccination cards? Sometimes people don't like to have conversations. I love to have conversations about things like that. How do you feel about the moment you heard fake vaccination card? Was the first thing that came to your mind just those three words, fake vaccination card? Um. To be honest, uh, murder, yeah. killer, um, selfish, narcissist, um, I think that's about it. Just four words. Okay. Okay. How do you feel about the conversation? Did When you read the conversation, like we all did, and you just read off, and I hope listeners actually paid attention to it because it was important, did you feel... Wow, that's crazy. He really did that? Or did you feel like this does have a July 2nd stamp on it, if I'm not mistaken, if my memory doesn't serve me wrong, it has a July 2nd stamp on it, which is right before, like, uh, preseason, training camp, things of that nature, open up, right? And Mm -hmm. in that time, does that actually make him guilty, having a conversation does that mean that makes him guilty? Because it's the, just a conversation. No, no, it doesn't make him guilty. This is all allegations. But um, the conversation of that um, still takes, maybe takes murder and killer off the table. It still makes you a narcissist and selfish in my eyes. Yeah, um, which is fine. But, uh, but other than that, it, it, it's pretty much just, you know, I'm asking to do something illegal. Um, will you help me out? Uh, and the guy says no. Uh, then the right. or the but guy now, says he couldn't find anyone. And then the follow up to that is the gentleman saying that he was presented with uh, fake vaccination cards by Antonio Brown, sort of as a I don't need them, don't worry about it type of thing because I got them already. That's what that came across to me as uh, showing him at the dinner room, dining room table, uh, yada yada yada. Um, this and that. So uh, that to me is like, hey, look, I asked you, you couldn't get them, or maybe that was the conversation. Uh, right. Uh, and so, I want to take know, it a was, step further because I delve into this. I didn't mean to cut you. I just I want you to stay right there because I have you, and I want you to be able to hear this portion. What people don't understand and don't know is the number one question is why would an in-house chef do this. What motivated him to do this? I actually 
has found out the reasons why. Ruiz was owed a $10,000 debt, supposedly for his services, by Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown didn't pay him $10,000. So he actually took Antonio Brown and, you know, his lawyers and everyone to court, and he lost in court the uh, hearing for the $10,000 suing that he the, the charges for suing him for whatever services. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're an in-house chef, so it has to be obviously nutritional services or whatever, right? So he sued him for $10,000 and lost the allegate, and he lost uh, the arbitrary, arbitrary hearing, excuse me, and that's what made him salty. That's what made him bring this up because he still feels he's owed money from Antonio Brown's camp and himself and he lost, so here's my way to get back at you because of something that I feel that you owe me. So this was a vindictive move due to losing in court fairly for what you felt you were owed. But the court decided you were not owed anything, threw your case out, and here goes the personal vendetta being thrown out so that you can get whatever it is that you feel or tarnish this man's name, however you feel you want to do it, or smear, go through, going off a smear campaign and doing your worst because of personal feelings that you did lose fairly in a courtroom for. Disgusting. Second thought, keep your cards off the dinner table. crazy that that's the that's the kind of society that we live in and yeah, it's not going to stop and this won't be the last time we hear about something like this so um this is this wouldn't be the first time that antonio brown has stiffed a chef um if we do recall the 2018 when he was with oakland he stepped the chef for thirty-eight thousand. Um, so I wouldn't put him past him. Uh, and you're done this time and time again. Uh, you, you, you probably have done it again. Uh, my right. thing is, what's the problem with paying for dinner? You, you know, my my thing is, look, you got a personal chef to pay the guy. You got the money. Um, you know, it is it is whatever. Um, okay, but we see the clown that Antonio Brown is off the field. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, that that is what it is. Um, to me, the whole situation is I look at it as, okay, I have information against you. You're not going to pay this tab. I took you to court. They're going to say that because we have no legal contract binding us together in writing, that a verbal agreement does not provide me to get paid so that we're going to throw the case out, which is understandable. Get it in writing, people. Other than that, anyways, moving on. Well, I got some evidence on you, brother. Pay me my money or I'm going to send it out to the L.A. Times or the Tampa Bay Times right. or the New York Times or everybody. Are you still ain't going to pay me my money? Well, guess what? Everybody going to get it, and I'm going to give them a screenshot, and I'm going to tell them that you got the fake one. But, look, this, this isn't going to be an interest. This isn't going to be a situation where um, a, NFL can go and ask anyone. This is doctor-patient privilege. Um, I believe this falls under the same umbrella. You cannot see if someone actually has gotten the vaccination. That is, you can't ask anyone if they have given someone a vaccination shot. 
That's why the card is there for. So, again, are you are we going to ever find out if he is truly vaccinated? If he is scared that people in his house and the side effects, did he really get it? Did he not get it? I don't know. We're never going to find out. But a text message that's there is real. Now, does the chef have a conversation and say, look, I'm going to tell people about this. You don't give my money. And Brown goes, but look, I didn't, I didn't use you. I went and got a real, I really got vaccinated. And the chef says, I don't give a fuck. I'm still going to slander your name. Then we're in a different conversation. So this is why this gets real, real muddy. And a lot of this is what um, I've read for most of the day on this or for four hours since the story came out um, is that it's real murky and muddy. Now, if, the negative and the horrible is true, that this man really went out and got a fake vaccination card and has been walking around privileged like a vaccinated person when he's not vaccinated. I need all those people with that Aaron Rodgers energy to keep it and come tenfold. If this is proven, he's got the, that, that, you know, they're going to come out and say, look, he came, he checked in, we can't tell you who gave him the shot, but he checked and he came back and he went and he left. We saw him. He was here. He did it. Then, look, he got a vaccination shot. Nobody has anything to say about it. He tried to get a fake one to beat the system. He couldn't get a fake one to beat the system, so he did it the right way. Oh, well. We've all tried to, you know, he's a selfish, narcissistic person. We've seen that on the outside. Regardless of this situation, he is that. We've seen that in his daily encounters. So I just think it gets real serious if he has been, been pretending to be vaccinated when he's not vaccinated because there's a lot going on with, you know, this and that. And the realistic nature of it is if you're not vaccinated in the NFL, they allow you to do different things without masks and this and that around people who aren't vaccinated and who are vaccinated. And it's just a lot going on and people had a problem and, it's just, look, you can't be doing that. <laughs> That's just not, whether it's vaccination of, of that or, you know, you just can't, man. It's lying about proper documentation like that, just get the real thing. Or don't, or don't, and, and, and be forthright with it. Because there are people in the NFL right now who have not, for personal reasons, for medical reasons, they can't take the other one. They can't take any of the vaccines because of allergic reactions. They can't take them because of this and that. They don't want to take them because, you know, whatever reason they have, it doesn't work, it's fake, whatever. There are guys in the league right now, even for the side effects and this and that, that have said I'm not taking it, and they have dealt with being an unvaccinated player in the NFL since week one. You taking that step to text and get a fake card, the only thing that does it does nothing for any walk of life that you can do outside of the NFL. I've not been anywhere in my life right now since the vaccine has came out where anyone of my, me or anyone that I've ever been with has to present a vaccination card, not one time. But in the NFL, you do. So if you're getting a fake vaccination card, you're doing that so you can lie to your, your owners and you can lie to your people and you can get away with being a vaccinated player, not to test every day, not to wear your mask, 
not to do that. You're just doing that to lie to get away with the rules that are in place at the NFL. There is no other, there is no other way around it. You're not doing it to protect yourself or to protect anybody else. You're just doing that so you can be, you know, you can be part of the group that is special in the NFL that doesn't have to do these cockamamie bullshit rules that unvaccinated players have to do, which I agree right. with. And you, and, and you know what I want to touch on too, Nacho, in this conversation? If, if you're going to do something, right, why do you even come to a person that you have a problem with that has your business to be able to put out there mm-hmm. and you really believe in your narcissistic mind? Because we know he's a clown. We can always talk about that as mm-hmm. it's, it's open dialogue. He's a clown. He's a corny dude. He's not somebody that most, a lot of people like. We're not talking about his NFL talent. We're not talking about his NFL career. We're talking about his off-field idiocy that is just a well-known, well-documented life, right? But this is the things that guys like him do. You put your conversation in the hands of a person who you feel you've been taken advantage of anyway for however long you've been taking advantage of them, and this time around, nothing is going to happen at all. And I'm, I'm, I'm playing the mind of Ruiz, who feels like, yo, you owe me money and you're still asking for favors? Yo, he's, he, he, he's smart. The moment he saw, hey, can you get me JJ, AB, and he's a fake vaccination, he smiled. This motherfucker owes me ten thousand. Yeah, exactly. He owes me ten racks. I could try. I could but try. then obviously his his half-hearted effort, right? His half-hearted yeah, effort was to. not going to be respected because he feels one, I'm disrespected, just like any man should. Two, he has a history of this. Before I signed on, I knew about Antonio Brown not paying people what he owes them and trying to, like, skim services mm-hmm. from people. So I took a risk, right, and it came to bite me back in the ass, but I'm just not going to be the sucker that he continuously believes that I am, and I'm going to show my man piece at this point with a small growl and let him know, hey, listen, don't act like I don't have personal information that I can share with people about your punk ass. And I'm going to do that at some point, and obviously that happened. And now that does turn around because the NFL is going to do an entire investigation. Mm -hmm. They're going to track the batch order location of uh, shot given, and they're going to track all of this back to him. Yeah, because the the thing is, is you you can fake it and fake it as a visual, but – I've, yeah. I'm honestly, I have worked at vaccination spots in my local area. You you could obviously take one of those cards and fake it, but you cannot fake you being punched into a, a whatchamacallit, a, a tablet twice. Well, twice the first time you visit and twice the second time you visit. You literally check in four times. So if you don't do that and you have a fake badge, no one can check you in four times. They ask questions that you can only answer in person. Now, people can fake those answers, I guess, 
But to, in order to do that, it's just it's difficult. So if right. they check all that, they're going to be able to find if he really went to those places. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. They're going to have a batch number. They're going to have a location mm-hmm. site number, and they're going to look at the site and location and batch and the mm-hmm. time that it was given and put into the system. They're going to be able to track that easily. They started. They made sure those systems were in place, Antonio Brown, before people started trying to think about. They knew that was going to be one of the major issues in the world. So they knew what to do previously before you thought about that. Because we all thought about the fake vaccine. So did either chosen one from the Bronx living in New York City. We're not going to act like I did it because I'm against it. But guess what? If I'm not going to get it, I'm just not going to get it. No reason to fake it. Yeah, Antonio exactly. Again, Clown, again, the, the, yeah, Antonio Clown Brown. That's what we call him on this show from now on. That sticks with you? You like that? That resonates? I can make up a different one if that doesn't fly with you. A-C-B, but Antonio Clown A-C-B. Brown. A-C-B. Yes, AC. I, I, that's that's who he is. You know, uh, looks like I have. I have the interviews, and I have transcripts. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would. I would definitely like to hear the um, the transcripts or audio, I right? I have. So I think the audio ones would be better so can, because they're can, strictly audio. I I have audio, and I have, and I have the the script so if there is a question about to what somebody said i can answer that question but we can listen to logan i don't know if you're watching the game or not but uh the new england patriots okay, went yeah. three and out on their first drive kicked the ball to the seven yard line matt ryan is jump throwing from the end zone to the running back i actually don't know which running back that is forgive me and um flag was thrown on the plate, but it's 11 minutes in the first quarter. Uh, Atlanta Falcons backed up into their own end zone, and New England Patriots had to punt the ball on the first series. Go ahead, brother. I have Garrett here. Yeah. Let's get into that. Let me let the people know. How's that sounding? Um, A little, a little muffled, just a little bit. Okay, hold on one second. I'm going to do This is the... What's the bi-week like for you in regards to... Uh, How does that sound? Scouting, self-evaluation of the office. Perfect. Yeah, it's pretty part of what we do during the bye. You know, we try to do that stuff really on a weekly basis. Uh, we got a lot of people who can help us in that regard, so you get that analysis really every week about what you've been doing, what's been good, what's not been good. Uh, but when you get... When you, when you get a few days during the body, you get a chance to maybe do that a tick more thoroughly. You can do it more broadly and, and take a deeper dive into it. So that's what we try to do. But what did you see? What, what stood out to you from that? Yeah, uh, you know, I don't want to go into too much of it. I think the, the obvious stuff, you know, there's some things we've done well in the running game, some things we haven't done well, and aspects of the passing game that have been good uh, for us. So, you, you know, you go back and you look at that stuff and you just do that evaluation. You know, that's stuff that we try to – Keep a little bit in house because we'll, we'll act on that. We'll act on that stuff going forward. But it's really a good time. It's a good time for all of us to sit back and reflect a little bit and decide how we want to use guys. Some of the different things we want to do in the run and pass game and the different situations that come up. Jason, uh, Kenny Galladay got started here predicted pretty accurately 
that this might take some time. You got a bunch of guys coming back without prep. Um, now those guys are back. For the most part. What have you seen from Kenny uh, since he's been back? And, and you agree that maybe now that he, you know, he can he can hit the ground running a little better now because guys are more much more active. Yeah, just a big fan of Kenny. You know, we're excited to bring him here, and, and, and obviously he missed a lot of time in training camp. He's missed time throughout the season, but his approach is outstanding. He's always working hard to get himself back, and you know, when he has an opportunity to practice, he practices hard, and when he's been healthy, he's played really well for us and made a big impact. And you know, that's been the case with all of our guys. I think the approach that you know our guys have taken in terms of uh, being ready. You know, different guys have played at all different spots all year long, and those players are ready. They're they're they're, they're embracing their opportunity, and the guys who haven't been able to play on a consistent basis are doing everything they can to play. So it's fun to get them all back. You know, hopefully we'll get more and more healthy as a group as we go forward. And uh, you know, I think I think when we do, I, I think those combinations of guys give us a good chance to have some success on offense. Is it um, the, the, the Saints game kind of in your head thinking, I know you don't want to look back too much, but you know, we kind of had those guys then, and look what we did. Yes, cer- certainly that was a game where we were most healthy, and and, uh, and and our guys played really well in a tough environment against a good team. So that's something you, you, you certainly want to build on, but you know, each game is unique. Uh, each part of the season is unique. And uh, who's ever out there, you know, they have to be ready to play and go have some success at work. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help our team win. And guys have embraced that. Protection-wise, and ideally you would do, because you probably can't just line up and block with five guys all the time. Like, how, how creative is it to get and how much of a focus is it? That's obviously a big part of it. Uh, you know, football starts up front uh, in the run game and in the pass game. It's about offense and defensive linemen. That's what it is. And the best teams have built their teams that way. That goes back through history. The game's won on the line of scrimmage. So, uh, you know, we, we've had some guys, uh, different combinations of guys playing. And, you know, it's our job to try to create an environment where they can have some success. And, again, I think those guys have embraced it. Uh, it, it. It applies to the run game. It applies to the pass game. And that's what we try to do each week, give ourselves a chance against the team we're playing. Chase, it took Saquon a couple of games to find a stride coming back from his knee injuries. From what you've seen on the field, last couple of days, do you expect there to be a little bit of an acclimation period for him if he comes back? Or Yeah, you know, he, he did a great job coming back from that knee injury. And, you know, I think we all saw that in the early part of the season. You know, in week one, he did a good job. He was better in week two, better in week three, better in week four. And obviously, he's had to step back. He's been out here uh, the, the last few weeks. But, you know, he's one of those guys I'm talking about, a pro who loves to play, does everything he can to get himself right. We haven't really had a full speed practice. We'll do that more here in the next few days, so we'll get a chance to see him more. But his approach is outstanding. We love having him around. Excited to get him back when he's healthy. He's just a great football player. You know, I told you this before. I was on the other side of this for a couple of years against him. And, you know, he's one of those players that can just really impact a game. And, you know, there's a lot of two-yard runs, three-yard runs, four-yard runs, nondescript plays, and then it's a 68-yard touchdown on the screen, or somehow he gets outside, breaks a tackle, gets to the edge, and, and he can be impactful. We saw that in New Orleans. He made those kinds of plays for us. So he's a, he's a hell of a football player, but you know, don't lose sight of the fact that you know, you know, Book has done a really good job with that opportunity. We've handed the ball to Eli Penny. Those guys have embraced their chances, too. So we're excited about them as well. And if he's ever available and healthy, you know, we'll put them in there, and, and, and those guys will do a good job for us. Jason, you just mentioned a minute ago about creating an environment. But there's this offensive line group to you know to do well in. You know, for years in Dallas, you had a different kind of offensive line, and uh, you know, I mean, the environment was you just you just go out there and play, and they're really good players. You know, yeah, how much of a more of a challenge is it to have to 
create that environment as opposed to knowing you have five guys, you just line them up, and they're really good. Yeah, it's just part of where we are. You know, we're trying to rebuild the team, and, and that's a process. It was a process for us in Dallas at different times. You know, you have to make the decisions to say, okay, we've got to allocate this resource because this is important to us. And we did that time and time again, and all of a sudden you built a really powerful, strong offensive line that's still going today. They're really good players, cornerstone players. So that's what you have to do. And in the meantime, you have to somehow, some way, create an environment with the guys you have. And uh, the guys that we have here have done a hell of a job, you know, coming to work every day, practicing, doing everything they can to compete as well as they can on Sundays. And, and, and we love that as coaches. We love the group of guys we're coaching. Do you feel like you have uh, one or two of those cornerstone pieces there? We're, we're in the process of doing that. Certainly we allocated a big resource to draft Andrew Thomas. I think we've all seen his progression. Uh, he's going to be a hell of a football player for a long time. So uh, he's one of those guys. But, uh, again, we love all those pieces up front, and we're excited about the challenge we have this week against Tampa. There was this little stat that said Green being always second in the league with 19 field goals. What do you got to do to better in the red zone so you cut down on the field goals? Yeah, I, I think it's all the stuff we've been talking about. You know, it's about winning up front in the running game, have some success in the running game to create some – some, some matchups that you like in the passing game, and then just the efficiency down there to be able to throw and catch and make the plays we need to make. And uh, I do think we've made progress uh, over the course of the season. Last week, we were, I think we were 0 for 2 in the, in the red zone, but they were kind of third down or a little bit out. But I think there's been a trend upward here the last month. I think we've been two out of three scoring touchdowns in the last four games. So that's better and better and better. Uh, it comes down to us trying to put our players in a great position and then execute. Your game plan, what's the balance between, like, stopping what a defense can do to wreck the game versus you dictating what you guys can do to, to make big plays? Yeah, I, I think that's a balance for everybody every week. You know, you're always trying to find what that is. The best teams, uh, you know, do what they do. And, and, and the teams, uh, the units on the other side have to defend them. And, uh, you know, I think it's rare that you can just simply do that week in and week out in this league. So there's always a balance. Typically, you know, players on the other side are, are – are, 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 guys who can wreck the game. So you have to be mindful of those guys and what those matchups are. But you know, the better you get, the more you dictate. And that's, and that's the goal that you certainly want to have. What did you make up from Darius getting one target in that Raiders game? How much of that was what they were doing? Maybe him being banged up a little bit or just sort of the way it played yeah, out there? I think the biggest thing about that game was that they're pretty stout up front. And, and the game they want to play is rush go get the quarterback. The game they don't want to play is direct runs. They don't want runs right at them. And uh, that's just that's the way they're built. And, and again, I know that, that scheme well. I've uh, been around that scheme for a long time. And, and, and you don't want to let those defensive end players destroy the game. And, uh, and I thought we did a good job of that. Our guys were physical up front. We went north and south against them. I think we had eight drives in the game. We scored on four of the eight drives. And a lot of that was hey, north and south. I thought DJ did a really good job in that game. I think we only threw it 20 times. It was 15 out of 20. I think he threw the ball away three times. So really handled, really handled himself well. We played the game on our terms. And if you follow that defense up to that point, they've been playing the game on their terms. And so that was an important thing for us. And the byproduct of that is limited touches for all the receivers. Unfortunately, sometimes that's the case. But our guys embrace their roles and do what we need to do to help our team win guys have been leading very heavily on Booker. If it flips and Saquon is the lead ball carrier, does that dramatically change what your running game looks like and what you're calling for a different play? I don't think necessarily. You know, one of the things you love about both those guys is they can really do whatever you ask them to do. 
and so our run game is going to be a collaboration of what we feel good about up front on the edges against the team in the front we're going against. And, uh, you know, we can ask uh, Book to do anything. We can ask Dequan to do anything, and they'll embrace it, and they're physically capable of doing it. Do you think it's a flight pattern change? <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful day, though. We're, we're dealing with the flight pattern, but it's a beautiful day. Are you kidding me? In the middle of November, blue sky, sunshine. I think we need to embrace it, right? Hey, it's great to see you guys. Just, uh, you know, I know it's not your unit facing Tom Brady, but this is a guy that's been in the league for 22 years. Uh, I think his first game against the Giants, you were actually a player for the, for the Giants. What do you, uh, you know, do you, do you ever sit back and sort of stare at amazement at a 44-year-old quarterback? Yeah, they're, they're going to make a Mount Rushmore of football players at some point. And the first face they chisel will be that guy's face. He's the best that ever walked, and he's a hell of a football player. And what he's done over the last 20 years has been remarkable. And uh, to think he's 44 years old and probably playing the best ball of his career, it's really amazing. He's an inspiration to everybody, in and out of sports. There you go. Oh, thank you so much for that, Nacho. That was our offensive coordinator, Jason Jarrett. I'm sorry, I mean Jason Garrett, and um, expressing nothing. And that's why audio is so important, ladies and gentlemen, because for you guys, you might have heard a guy answer questions that was asked by media because that's what happened. But for me, can I? Yeah, man. I, 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 uh, so, so the, the one Q and A that I that I really took away from this, um, and and I'll read the question and then I'll read the answer because they have it verbatim down. The question is, when you are game planning, what's the balance between stopping what a defense can do to wreck the game versus you dictating what you guys can do to make big plays? The answer is, I think that's a balance for everybody every week. You're always trying to find what that is. The best teams do what they do, contradictory and hypocritical to what he just said. And the unit on the other side think it's rare that you can just simply do that week in and week out in this league. So the best teams do what they do. Wait, wait. The best teams do what they do, but I think it's rare that you can do that week in and week out in this league. Okay. So there's always – a balance. Typically, players on this on the other side are guys who can wreck the game, so you have to be mindful of those guys and what those matchups are. The better you get, the more you dictate, and that's the goal that you certainly want to have. They're not better, and they don't dictate is what I got from that answer. Am I wrong? And let me, and let me, let me add right to that. One, you're only telling us what a defensive coordinator thinks but you're not telling us what an offensive-minded coordinator should be doing to counter. You're discussing the question, and you're just re-asking the question. You're actually answering the question with another question, but in a statement way. He's not telling us anything that we want to hear. This is a testament to what our team is, and this is why I hate him, okay? This is why, right there, because not only is he an idiot on the field, he's an idiot in the media. He's not the guy 
And if anybody respectfully loved what Nacho just did, which is what I requested, which is play the audio, and you got the you got the media asking him questions about his offense, asking him how does he put it together, asking him how does he go into the game plan, although it's not him versus Tom Brady, how does he assess this game right here? He defers and refers to other teams and how they can wreck games because that's what they've been doing against him, and how it's a balance. Has nothing to do with the question asked by the media. And that's why I needed to hear it. That's why I don't listen to his interviews, and that probably will be the last one I listen to for the rest of the season. I do not want to hear anything from him. Just just so you know, there are more up. I don't want to play them because my household situation right now won't allow me to. Um, but there is Patrick Graham, Logan Ryan, somebody named Sonnacy, maybe, or Smogson, or oh, oh Sonnacy. Yeah, that's our that's uh that's our um uh, that's the QB coach, if I'm not mistaken, or the uh, maybe one of maybe. those. Maybe there's another coach. Yeah, I know who it is. Logan Ryan, and then I think one other player. But yeah, you guys. Yeah, but you know what? Those are, those will be up on YouTube possibly later today. So I'll be able to pull those up. I just want to thank you, Nacho in the Box, with cheese. Of course, my man, my brother, my friend, my guy for life. Um, thank you for pulling those up. The people enjoyed them. I know I enjoy it because it was what I feel. It's how I feel. And all he did was add to the hatred that I already have for him. And I hope some other people hate him too, just like I do. Because that's ridiculous. You have, to wa- you have to watch it because, look, look he – he asked the question about um, what was one of the second to last questions. He, oh yeah, the Booker. The man goes. The man goes. Yo, if uh, you know Booker's been getting the carries, if Saquon gets in, uh, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm not on the computer right now. Um, but he goes. You know, if the guy comes in, um, if, if is that going to drastically or dramatically change the way you call the game? And Jason Garrett's face looks as if he is most puzzled and, like, why would you even ask that type of question, makes me understand that he has no idea how wrong he is. Because they're and, asking and, and I want to touch on that. Touch on that. done already. Sorry, go ahead. Right. No, 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 brother. I'm not interrupting you. I was saying touch on that because this is the reason why, Nacho, I feel how I feel. The vitriol is real. The hatred is real of the vitriol, and I have this many stakes out as if he's a vampire to go hunting in the daytime and catch him while he's sleeping upside down in whatever coffin or cave he's in and take him out so he can be replaced that same night by somebody else. This is why, because it just doesn't, it doesn't equivalent. Now, now, let me break that down. Sometimes when these coaches get into interviews, Nacho, they are able to manipulate the media, say the right things, and, and, and give us something that we say, oh, okay, at least he understands how to talk to the public. But we are not seeing that on the field. Nacho, he is the quintessential owner, if that makes sense to someone. He's the quintessential owner and example of not great as a media guy because you're not smart enough and 
it translates onto the field into nothing. He is exactly on both ends of the spectrum. He's burning on both ends of the spectrum of why I hate him, Nacho. He does not know what's going on. This position in Jason Garrett's life, and I want the public to hear me, especially New York Giants fans, is not for him. His days have passed him. Only thing Jason Garrett can do to win the hearts, minds, and attention of the Giants fan base is literally win games, score when necessary, and make it to the playoffs for us to look over at him. Right now I speak for everyone in the fan base and every fan that I know. Jason Garrett is a fraud. He should not be here. Nobody wanted him here. We understand his time was up. That's why he's no longer in Dallas. That's why they changed their whole offense. That's why the playbook was whipped from him. And he's just can, – Can we talk about the fraud real quick? Look, look, look. Yeah. He, he, Green Bay Packers go up against the Cowboys, I think, on a Sunday night football game against Wade Phillips. Embarrasses him. He leaves. They bring in Garrett. I did that just for Cowboys fans because Packers has been making our lives ales. Um, Cowboys fans love you. Um, they they then bring Jason Garrett in. The general manager slash owner says, look, man, we need hog mollies and we need to protect our quarterback and we can't let another team come in and run us over and – sack us 13 times and get three, four interceptions and put up 50, that ain't going to happen again. For the life of me, that's not going to happen again. They go out and Jason Garrett has nothing to do with this. They go out and they spend draft picks and they get offensive linemen after offensive linemen and they, their scouting department who, who helps them get who to get, helps them get some of the best offensive linemen that we've ever seen over the past decade. We're, we are not going to deny that. Dallas Cowboys have had the best offensive line, all of them you can count, whether or not, you know, whatever. From tackle right. to center, consistent, right to left. Consistent-wise, absolutely. The last decade, most consistent in the NFL, hands yeah. down, not true. Because they, that's what they wanted to do. That's what, from from ownership, who is the general manager, that's what he wanted to do. Then that scouting department, that front office, they do what they got to do. They get all that settled. They have Tony Romo, undrafted guy, comes up, does what he needs to do. That's unexpected. That was not Jason Garrett's doing. Did not do that. That wasn't Jason Garrett. So he's riding the coattails of that. They get hurt. While he's still riding this great offensive line, DeMarco Murray, good good running back, really can't do much. Uh, they can't really get anything going with Tony Romo in them. Tony Romo happens to get hurt, which means that you have no quarterback for whatever it is. Tony Romo was a good quarterback, able to get them eight, nine, ten wins with no real running game, running back to help them with an excellent O-line. And Tony Romo's got problems too. Anyway, he does that. They get out there. They handle that business. Boom. Hurt. Boom. Top five with a top three offensive line. You get a top five pick. And guess who's there? Ezekiel Elliott. Whether you want to say about him, he go yada, yada, yada. He had a great offensive line at Ohio State. He pretty much just changed uniforms and went to a great offensive line in the NFL. 
and that's all he needed. He, I guarantee you, at, at a bad at a, at, at Cleveland or in another spot that was in the top four or five that year, the you know, New York Jets. He's a flash in the pan running back who's gone in two to three years. He goes to that excellent offensive line like in Ohio State. He's able to do the same things he did at Ohio State, create the same type of plays, and then move on. Not only do they do that, because of that, they go and get Dak Prescott because of the injury. No question. And 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 a, a reason the reason why, and I need Giants fans to know this, the reason why Jason Garrett is even here is because of his track record, which is not bad at all for a coach. You know, 2014 winning the division, 2016 winning the division, 2018 winning the division. So these are not far away times of him having success, which we can't take that away from him. But his success did not come from being in an offensive-minded situation where he led his team. That playbook was taken away from him years ago. Years ago. So that is why the New York Giants make mistakes by hiring guys like him due to his success in the division, thinking he can bring that or duplicate that success here when he has passed his time. We have a bad habit of doing it. Our GM the same way. He has success, been to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, got into whatever with the owner, him and the owner started beefing. He's not whatever he's supposed to be. The word is out. We take a risk on that. And we fail at it. And that's why franchises like Green Bay, the Cowboys, because we can include them, franchises like the the Cowboys, Green Bay, uh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, you know, these guys are still always New England, of course. They're just on another level, so we don't even bring them up. Um, They're always in the mix. They're always relevant. They're always in the hunt. And when they have down seasons, the fan base doesn't just go, holy shit, we need to rebuild, because they trust in the process that's coming from the top down to the coaching staff. And he is just one of those guys that just doesn't understand the X's and O's, doesn't understand how to use his players, and just is on the sidelines, and it's showing. And it's hurtful. So I'll end end this on this note. Stop talking. Players, if you can hear me, Saquon, the wide receiving corps, the offensive line, play above your coach's playbook because that's the only way we're going to win games. He's an idiot, bottom line. Uh, is anybody with us? By the way, I'm, I'm, even, I'm not able to look at the board. I'll check the board in a minute. All right. So um, for those of you that's interested in the New England Patriots game, they are driving uh, Harris, who I have in fantasy, just ripped off a, uh, let's see, a 17-yard run, something like that. 
And he's back at it again. Um, another run by Harris. He has another first down, ripping off about 15 yards on the second carry. So uh, right now New England is driving, and they're running the ball down the throats of the Atlanta Falcons just off this drive so far. Two runs of about 30 yards back-to-back combined. So they're driving. They're at the uh, – let me see where they're at so I can give the fans a visual in the field. They're at the 36-yard line of Atlanta, and they're driving. Another handoff to Harris. Um, possibly an offensive holding penalty. Let's see what the call is. Nullifies his run and my points. Son of a bitch. Yep. Holding defense. Uh First down, repeat first down. So good for the New England fan. Sucks for me. So as Nacho obviously is getting himself together in the background, I'm going to check the board. I don't know who's with us right now. Um, Give us a second to get it together, ladies and gentlemen. We're making some on-the-fly adjustments, and I think we're doing pretty well today. For that, and um, let me Yo, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now, brother. There was just a small brief pause. I was letting the people know what was going on with the game, actually, in real time, calling the plays out play-by-play before we went to commercial. And then um, your background had a little noise in it, but that was fine. What? What? Uh, where, where did I cut off at? Um, you cut off immediately within your conversation because I was talking about Jason Garrett, and I called him a complete idiot. And when I came back, that's when the noise and, uh, you know, the distortion was in the background, so nothing was said. Oh, so you didn't hear anything I just said right now. I just went on no. a whole rant uh, a man. Wow, yeah, brother. <laughs> we didn't hear anything. Man. That's why I was going into the playbook. I went into the I went into the play-by-play for the game to give the people something to think about. Oh, man. Oh, man. I said a whole thing. I went on soliloquy. I brought up the, 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 the interview we just heard. I was, man. <laughs> well, if you can remember, which I think that you I have can. a memory, unless I can. right, I, but we know why, right? You said he's a fraud, right? You said he's a fraud, right? And then I, and, and that was it. Sorry. Yep, that was it. And then I, and you didn't hear nothing else. But okay, you have black I got it all because I got it all you right here, and I can start from the top real quick. It, all right, got it. it. <laughs> So look, look. Let me prepare the people real quick. We are leaving the live stream portion of the show, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, thank you for being with us. Friday, uh, LRP, you had something to do. There was no problems in Houston, just got a little bit busy. 
Uh, we're holding you down. Shakes Montana Manan and Black Breezy is also with us in the background. So basically, Nacho is about to take two on his answer to Jason Garrett is a fraud. We are no longer in the live session, so you're going to have to download this portion of the content. This is the Shakedown Sports Show podcast, and we are on Thriving Thursdays in Hour 3. Go, brother. Now, Chill's getting his audio together again, so we're going to have to yes, have a team. Yes, three. I was. It was, it was. It was messing up on me. I wanted to make sure I got everything right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, have a, I have a headset in the house, and I had turned it off to come out here, and it's still on in the house. So the Bluetooth was on, so it was still connecting to the headset So in the house. So that's why y'all heard that background noise. Anyway, Jason Garrett is a fraud. He has been a fraud since, and I'm going to rub this in Cowboys' faces because Packers been doing this for about, what, over a decade now. Since we mollywopped the Cowboys on a Sunday night and made them fire Wade Phillips the following day, and then Jason Garrett became their head coach, he's been riding the coattails from a front office and a general manager who happens to be the owner, who has, like I said, done nothing but focus on getting that offensive line correct. And after he does that, he gets, lucky with an undrafted quarterback in Tony Romo. Let's not act like he went and found this guy. He got an undrafted quarterback who just happened to come in and, you know, Kurt Warner this thing out of grocery bags and Mac Jones scoring a touchdown. Sorry. Um, that bodes well for my bet tonight. Thank you very much. Um, that, that, um, that right there in and of itself tells you everything. Then they're about to fire this man because he can't win a big game because in every big game, when you need a coach to coach, he can't do it. He's no there. He's not there. And, then, again, I don't know if you heard this point, but Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, those guys go back to the sidelines and they talk to offensive coordinators and they sit and they look at – they look at tablets. Sometimes they're by themselves. The majority of the time they're talking to a coach because that OC and him know exactly what they're going to do when they're going to do it. Jesus fucking Christ, Mac Jones is sitting on the bench, and here comes his OC to come talk to him after he throws a touchdown pass. Like, this is the stuff that good head coach, good offensive coordinators do. He's not good at that. He wasn't a good head coach, and he's not good at that. And he's been riding – sorry, tangent in on that. Romo gets hurt. Ezekiel Elliott falls in your lap, a man who can't do anything good unless he has a good offensive line. It's a good offensive line in the NFL. Perfect for him. Then they go get Dak Prescott. Perfect for them. Again, nothing to do with Jason Garrett. All Jerry Jones. We can know that because he says it all the time. You know, of course, we can all disbelieve him or not. But that man makes every decision. He calls He calls the players. So it, it's been Jason Garrett living off the fact that that front office and Jerry Jones decided no one was ever going to push them around and the front again, and they spent and they spent and they spent off the offensive line. You get lucky with Tony Romo. You get lucky with the injury that Tony Romo gets, falling you to five when Ezekiel Elliott's there, and you get the, the, the Dak Prescott pick. 
Jerry Jones, thank you again. They go out. No offense to speak of except for hand the football off to Ezekiel Elliott and hope that when they do a play action, Dak Prescott can make something happen, which he was able to do more often than not. Kellen Moore comes in and makes it look like a real offense. Kellen Moore comes in and makes them actually play some damn plays, utilize the offensive weapons that they have all the time. Now, again, you can say that. Now, let's, here we go. Hold, 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 hold on. Sorry. I, wanna, I, want, I want right there. There you go. Right there. You see? If the people didn't understand you, Nacho, let me give them a quick synopsis. He Thank just you. broke down the reason why I said he's a fraud. He talked about the moment that Jason Garrett was even brought in due to his hiring, what he has not accomplished, what accomplishments you may have seen from the Cowboys looking at them from the outside, but Jason Garrett had nothing to do with that internally. He was what you call a recipient of good drafting and good offensive line play. So when you're standing at the head coach spot and your owner is taking all the credit and onus for doing what going on and the success of the team. That lets you know you're just a figure on the sideline. And that is what Nacho is expressing. You're just there. You're just like when you walk in the kitchen. There's a basic set of silverware and a basic set of uh, plates, cups, spoons, knives, and forks. But there's one thing in every refrigerator I hope we all see when we walk in. That's the, I'm sorry, kitchen that we see, and that's the refrigerator. Jason Garrett is just a refrigerator. He's there because he has to be. He's a part of the ambiance. He's not the winner. You know, He's a part of mm-hmm. Keep going. Exactly. And you know, what, you, know what, you know what settled it for me? Mike McCarthy came in and said, oh, Kellen Moore's good. We can keep him. And Kellen Moore is, is so good that we ain't even going to change the offense. Y'all, y'all keep what y'all got. I'll learn your offense. So Mike McCarthy, the brand-new head coach, did not come in and go, look, I'm going to change this all up. Jason Garrett didn't know what he was talking about, yada, yada, yada. No, I'm going to keep everything the same, but I'm going to bring in expertise in coachable moments. Now, we can we can argue that all we want, uh, but the, the, the whole aspect I'm in the was, background, brother, laughing, holding my, my screen. My, I'm holding my screech. That's what I'm saying to you. I'm holding my screech in the background, bro. Trust me. And listen, he went in there thinking. Look, he went in there thinking. I'm I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Kellen Moore run the offense, and then when there's something in big games, I will do what I need to do. And he's been doing it. And luckily, they haven't been in positions where you know his antics at the end of games and end of halves have have cost them. Um, They did a little something, uh, you know, dumb a few weeks ago, but they end up. Uh, it ends up not biting them in the ass. Dak Prescott makes up for it. They 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 move on. And they win that game. But exactly, he came in and it was like, look, the offense. Who, and again, if you're outside looking in, I believe everyone thought that was Jason Garrett's offense, and Kellen exactly Moore came in and did everything exactly. else. And and Kellen Moore wasn't doing anything. Kellen Moore was just you know there, and he, he was trying to run Jason Garrett's offense, and. No. Kellen Moore came in and made an offense. And when Jason Garrett leaves, Mike McCarthy says that's an offense we'll run. And then he goes over to the Giants. And look, and I brought this point up 
and I and I brought this point up when he mentions uh, the I don't know if you heard this when they asked Jason Garrett about the Devonte Booker and the Saquon Barkley. Did I? Did I? Yes, and he talked about Barkley's explosiveness and all that he does and how great of a player he is. But he said, let's not forget that Book's been doing well, Baj's, uh, Penny's been doing well, and if they're healthy, they're going to get in there and play. You're talking about that segment, right? Yes, yes. Did I mention that at all? Did you hear okay. me talk about that at all? No, I didn't hear. I didn't get a chance to hear you talk okay. about that at all. So please bring that back so up. So the reason but why I wanted you bring to talk that about up, that was because I want you, yeah, before you bring that up, I don't want you to lose your thought that you were on for the people when you were discussing how having a whole new set of players on offense that you don't have any control over on the outside, how good that looks. Because that's a telltale sign in, in conversation for us as Giant fans because we want to know why is Jason Garrett failing here. And I was trying to express to people, Tony Romo, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the 2016 season when Tony Romo – no, was it 2016? No, 214, I'm sorry. 214 season, DeMarco Murray, Tony Romo, when Jason Garrett was actually given the hook due to the fact that the offense was inept and they had such great players in great spots. And they, that's one of the reasons why they looked at him the way they did. It shut down the way it did. And a lot of people don't know that. So Giants fans wonder, how is it got this guy is a winner? Yes, records do reflect head coaches. So therefore, if you're, like I said, you're a part of winning, but the owner wouldn't even let you get the credit that you thought or people was trying to give you. He let it be known week in and week out. I am the reason why we are winning. Those guys are great down there, but I drafted these guys. I chose this guy. I put this team together. That's who Jerry Jones is. That's who Jerry Jones was. That's who Jerry Jones is going to be, and that's the reason why Jason Garrett is here. So I just wanted to make sure the people didn't lose sight of what you were saying, and also I wanted you to go off detail with the overhaul before you get to the point that you was just about to make. Look, my point is this, and, and, and I'll make it short and sweet. 2014 – Jason Garrett takes over. They have the top echelon offense, and they have, you know, Jason Garrett, a head coach. And yada yada. They go twelve and four. They lose to who? We already know because he didn't catch it. And then exactly. And then Tony Romo gets hurt in twenty fifteen. Yep. Now, look, I'm 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 a, I'm a shit talker all I can. But Aaron Rodgers <laughs> went down. If you don't know that by now. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers went down for a full year and around that time in the in that middle decade we we had obviously didn't have the same team, but Mike McCarthy's still able to lead us to eight wins and make the playoffs. They go four wins that season the Cowboys do. They get a top five draft pick. Tony Romo retires. Uh Dak Prescott gets drafted. Or no, Tony Romo comes back. Dak Prescott gets drafted. Tony Romo gets injured. Then he retires. Dak Prescott takes over at the beginning of the season with Ezekiel Elliott, the top offensive line. They go what for that 16 season? They went 13 yeah, three 13, first in the 13. NFC, and we all know what happened in that one. <laughs> go Pat, go. They lose in the playoffs like that, yeah. And then 
and, and look, look, I'm saying that because they were in both of those playoff games, and with a good head coach, they might actually win those games. And, like, not because this and that, this and that, and, of course, the catch, did he not catch it, did he catch it? Look, if he caught the football and that's a touchdown, you got Aaron Rodgers in four minutes to go get a, go get a touchdown. Like, four minutes? 37 seconds, bro. So, like, we're good on that. We all understand that even if he does make it a catch, Aaron Rodgers has the opportunity to come down and, and win the game still with four minutes. But I think anyone's sitting there going, look, if he catches the football, it's game over. Because Aaron Rodgers, look, he catches the football and they don't give him a first down or they give him a first or they don't give him a touchdown, they give him a first and first and goal from the one. Like, a good head coach still gets that touchdown, wastes time, and then gives us the ball back and stuff like, like, look, man, there is a reason why that offense did had – there was no real resemblance of an offense over there. It was hand the ball to Ezekiel, hope that Prescott can do something on a play action, which more often than not, because he's that skilled, he was able to do. And, excuse me, let's not get it twisted. They have a really great offensive line. That helps on top of that. You can be scared, oh. and then you have a great offensive line, and then you have a great running back to help you with that play action. So that works. But then when you get into situations like in games uh, that you need to win for divisional playoff you know, purposes or, or actually in the playoffs to win games when you need a head coach, they failed and failed and failed and failed and failed. And now they get rid of him. They keep Kellen Moore and all the offense that which he brought over. And then they pick up weight, weapons and weapons. Midfield go by the Falcons, 10-0 Patriots. Then they keep going and going, and it's like, Look, man, it, it's not, it doesn't take brain surgery to realize that this man is just a walking, talking nepotism. Like, that's all it is. Like, he's just there because he knows someone. And it's like, look, when you give answers the way you gave answers, it's like you're not I – I get not giving – I get not giving any kind of answer to give away, uh, you know, what, what is the word um, – Game plan. Uh, yeah, you've got a competitive game plan. Right. Yeah, I, I understand that. But you can still give answers that good coaches sense. weren't giving away your gameplay. Like, right. the answer to Booker and Saquon is not giving away your gameplay. If they're, like, does it change dramatically? No, it doesn't change dramatically. Like, that's, like, those are the guys, and we know what they do best. You talked about other teams as if they have the weapons and are going to dictate what you do. Instead of talking about your players as if you're going to dictate to what you're going to do to the other team, whether you believe it or not, whether you, whether you fucking think it's bullshit or not, you talked about that other team as if they are God and you hope that you can pretend to try to beat them. That's how he talks. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Nacho. I want to jump in right there. That is the type of football that we have been playing all season. That is the type of football that loses you games, and that is the type of mindset that he brings down on that field, and that's why we play like that. You see, the whole, I hope the New York football giant fans have taken today's conversation between me and you about Jason Garrett and have really, really taken it in. Because we don't spend this long talking about an offensive coordinator who's offensive to coordinate. So this is a topic that shows the pulse that's on this team, the reason why we are and where we are with records, his play calling ability, 
and our frustration from Sunday to Monday to Thursday to Sunday. And it has got to stop. It has got to end. And this is, of course, respectfully to you, Nacho. If we're ever going to compete with a Green Bay Packers, try not to laugh. If we're ever going to compete in our division with the Dallas Cowboys, if we're ever going to say, you know what, we have taken the next people with this kind of mind, this kind of thought, and with this lack of ability to get the job done has to be negated. We have to end these kind of things when it comes to this football team. He is harmful to what you try to do moving forward. He's not the guy. Please finish, Nacho, on that. I think we kind of just said it. Eh? He's not the guy. You can't sit here. You can't sit here, and in the interview questions, when they ask you what you're going to do, one of your second answers is we got to realize that over on the other side of the ball, they're going to have guys doing what they do, and we always got to remember it's that. Games will dictate you the word what wreck you game. do. Like, what are you talking about? Like. I'm not, gonna, I'm not asking you to tell me your first 15. I'm not asking you to tell me if you're going to run heavy or pass heavy. I'm not asking you, you know, uh, competitive advantage questions to give the other team some kind of – I'm just asking you simple questions about how you plan to attack now that your healthy running back is back. And if you just say, look, man, we got him back and it doesn't dramatically change anything – we are still going to run the way we run the football. And, look, we give trust in our guys, and we're going to run how we run. It doesn't change anything. Because he goes, look, we got to realize that they got players over there that are going to dictate the way we do our thing. we got to have trust. Like, what are you and they can about? wreck games. He actually they said can... they can wreck games. Like, what is that where's the confidence? Where's the, where's the confidence as an offensive coordinator where you say, listen, they got a group of guys over there that plays tough, hard-nosed defense, but we got to come out and execute our game plan to be successful and hopefully come out of this with a win. Did I just sound like an offensive coordinator? Absolutely, because I know what it should sound like. But anyway, man, ah, you don't even got to – Look, are we, uh, look um, hey, Kadarius Tony only got one target. Was that anything that they were doing to you, or, or was, that, was that just in the game plan or whatever? Look, they have a great front four up there, and they made us pass, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, and, and it's just like there was, wow. like, no, look. It's just like, look, man, it's just that answering was just like. Right. Just well, my to, question is this, is, this is where you can turn a little bit of that around. And I'll say this lastly, and I don't know if you got to go, but I definitely got to get out of here. This was a hell of a segment for the show. I hope people download it to hear the back and forth content of you and I, especially when it comes to the type of lane that we can get into and pocket we can get into when it comes to analytics and it comes to just knowing what an idiot looks like, sounds like, and, and looks like. But um, it's, it's ridiculous. And, again, that answer right there lets me know that that's the mind that you bring to the field every Sunday instead of just letting it be known, listen, I'm going to take blame for that. It's my job to put my guys in a position to make plays and to win. 
It's my job to call the plays, to put these guys in the position to allow their skill set to be used to the best of their abilities. That's how you answer a question, Jason Garrett. So listen, I got to stamp out of here, brother. It's time for that place called work. And um, superb, superb, superb show, brother. Superb. Um, be back with us tomorrow. We will be going at 6 p.m. E-Style Fridays, where we're going to talk about it all. We're going to get into some more of the games, some more of the predictions, the prediction pool, also what games we want to see over the weekend. And in the third hour, we'll get into the freestyle. You know how we do. We'll talk some NBA. We'll talk some BMF current events. We'll also see what's new in the world of sports. When it comes to Zach Stacy, Antonio Brown, and it will be brought to you, of course, by yours truly, each chosen one from the Bronx. And that's what, that, that's what it is. So, brother, if you want to close out, let me know what's going on. I got to get prepared for that place that pays the bills. Yes, sir. It's a good one. Look, man, um, great show. I can't wait for tomorrow. We'll get into it. Um, don't forget to listen Sunday. We will have that pregame. We will let y'all know what's going on in the Sunday games, and I'll get my picks in and whatnot live on the air. And, man. Tomorrow's going to be fun. East on Friday. We're going to talk about that. Absolutely, thing. It, was it, it was a pleasure chopping it up. It was a pleasure chopping it up with you, my brother. A pleasure with you. Y'all, man, have a great one. I love you. As my brother Shakes Montana would say, y'all damn sure ain't got to agree with me, but y'all damn sure got to. Y'all don't got to agree with me, but y'all damn sure got to understand. So don't get shook up because we keep shit live. It's the New York Giants on that drive for five. And we out of here. Take us away, nacho in the box with cheese. Oh, you missed your cue, brother? I got you. (laughs) Yo, y'all been shook by the shakedown, and we the fuck up out of here. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over the limit by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.